Hello and welcome to Reasonably Fit. We're Jason and Lauren Pack, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants a more thoughtful and grounded approach to health and fitness. If you'd like to support our show, we have a couple discount codes you can use on some of our personal favorite products. The first is our favorite workout footwear, Vivo Barefoot. Vivos are the best of the best when it comes to minimal footwear, and the Primus Lights are the shoes you see us wearing in all of our Instagram content. You can save 10% off your entire purchase with the code PAC10. That's P-A-K-1-0. Just go to www.vivobarefoot.com or click the link in our show notes to get a pair today. The second is for our favorite supplement brand, Legion. We've tried so many different supplement brands over the years, and right now nothing beats Legion. Our current go-tos are the whey protein powder, pulse pre-workout, creatine, and immune support because if you listen to this show, you know our kids are constantly bringing home new viruses from school. We almost always turn down partnerships deals because we only ever want to work with brands that we use and love ourselves and we actually reached out to legion to partner because we love it so much you can use code pack 20 that's p-a-k-2-0 for 20 percent off your first order and then double loyalty points for subsequent orders which is the equivalent of 10 percent cash back just go to www.legionathletics.com or click the link in our show notes Using our codes really helps to support our show, and it saves you money at the same time, so we think it's a win-win. And now one last note before we get into today's episode, I do want to mention that I go into detail about some of the disordered eating habits and body dysmorphia I have had in the past. If this is something that could be triggering for you at this time, this might not be the episode for you. I always want to be open and honest with my own history and experience, but I'm also very aware that there are many folks who are still struggling right now, and I would never want the act of sharing my own story to harm someone else. If you are struggling, please know that there are resources and nationaleatingdisorders.org is a great place to start. Okay, with that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Reporting live from snowy New Hampshire. Yeah, it's been, it finally snowed. I mean, I feel like it took forever for the snow to actually get here, but it was starting to feel like maybe this would be like the most mild winter ever and we wouldn't even get snow. Yeah, I was definitely thinking that. And because I thought it, I definitely jinxed it because we got hit with a couple (laughs) storms in a row. Um, But it's actually been really nice. It's been really pretty. Like the snow has been really nice and just kind of settling on the pine trees and it looks really scenic. Um, the road's a little bit slippery, but um, otherwise it does look actually pretty nice. Yeah, and the kids have had fun. Well, the kids, by the kids, I mean Kendrick has had fun in it. Kinsley's still a little too little to yeah, enjoy Yeah, she's it. a little unstable, falling down all the time. <laughs> but me and Kendrick had a little, like, we built a little snow fort and put all of his action figures inside. And it was really cute. So it was awesome. It was very cute. And then when he came back in, the action figures all had, like, snow in all the little crevices. And one part, it's like where the legs meet the body. <laughs> he was like, they have snow in their underwear. <laughs> it's like... Of course, to a four-year-old, that's like the funniest thing Underwear. of all time. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it's been it's been very cute, very cute. Well, hopefully, you all enjoyed last week's episode. It was an interview with Ethan Suplee, and I was very nervous going into that interview. Yeah, I mean, he's legitimately a famous person. I mean, <laughs> when I so when I got it was funny because when I got the email from his producer asking us to be on the show, I was like, oh my god, and I forwarded it to you, and you were like should I know him? Who is this person? (laughs) But then of course I was like, well, he's the guy from Remember the Titans. And then I was like, and he's Frankie from Boy Meets World. Like that was, Boy Meets World was, me and my brother were talking about it, like one of our favorite shows growing up. And he was 
Frankie, the bully. Like he was like the big kid, but then he was also had a kind heart. Soft heart. And uh, anyway, it was pretty, pretty wild to just be like, oh, sure, we'll just go have a casual conversation with somebody who's legitimately famous. <laughs> <laughs> so for that episode leading up to that week, we actually recorded a few different podcasts just to get into the podcasting groove and be able to succinctly deliver some of the information and messages that we like to, that we like to uh, uh, give. And it worked out pretty well. We were pretty happy with how the interview came out. But even right before the interview, I was sweating. I was shaking a little bit. I was like, ah. But it worked out well. Yeah, it did. I think it came out great and we were really happy with it. So yeah, it was it was nerve wracking, but it's good for us to get out of our comfort zone every once in a while, you know, yeah. not just always be the ones in the driver's seat and in control, <laughs> which is where we tend to like to be. Um, so yeah. It was what great. I was really worried about is the whole like internet connection delay buffer thing where like you say something yeah. they have a delay and then they some they say something you have a delay it's like the choppiness like really gets me out of the groove and i'm like over analyzing but luckily the internet did its thing it interneted <laughs> and we got it done <laughs> perfect all right so let's get into today's episode so we wanted to actually expand on um an instagram post that we put up a few days ago at this point probably while you're when you're listening about a week ago. Um, and it was a post that I did about a picture that I used to look at all the time on my phone that was sort of my, like, I used it as my motivation to get back into a thinner, smaller body. And this was all throughout my 20s. This is sort of like your representation of what the perfect body quote unquote, looked like. Right. At that time, I was like, that's when I had the perfect body. Like that is the epitome of what I want to look like. Like I want to go back to that body. And the picture, we'll put it up in stories, but I was, I think I was 15 or 16. I was still doing gymnastics. I was in Australia with three like really tropical looking birds on my arm. And I, I could describe the whole picture to you in so much detail <laughs> because I've looked at it so much. And for whatever reason, this was a picture I always returned to. I could like kind of see that I had abs and I th I was thin and I had some muscle and like just throughout my 20s, I had gained a decent amount of weight for various reasons. When I was 15, I still hadn't gotten my period yet. I was still doing so much gymnastics that I hadn't gone through <laughs> puberty yet. Like all of these things. So when I say 15, some of you might think that's like a mature, <laughs> like for, for some people, like I had friends who were like fully women at that point, but I was not like I was, a I looked like a small child and but I still had this thought, like this feeling in my head and in my body that I was supposed to still look like that, even though I had gone through puberty, I had gone to college, I had become more social, I had started drinking, like there was just all different things, lifestyle changes, metabolism changes, I had some thyroid issues, like a million factors to why I had gained weight from that time, but I couldn't get out of my head that my body should look like that picture and I was going to do every single thing in my power that I could think of to return to that place. Something that stands out about that picture is that it's not a digital picture. <laughs> it's a it's a standard like photograph that you then took a picture of using a digital camera yep. and then you exported it onto your phone and subsequent phones. So yep. this has really been carried with you for such a long time. Yeah, I mean at this point so it was so easy for me to find it because it's the first picture on my phone. <laughs> I just scroll all the way back. It goes back to 2001, I think, or something. And that's the date that I took the photo of the photo. <laughs> right? So it's like the first phone I had probably. Oh my God. Um, so in that post, what really stood out to me also was that 
like how many people express similar sentiments of how they also have like their photo. Like yeah. they have this one singular photo that they're tracing back as quote unquote motivation for their fitness journey. Yeah. And so many people also talked about how that photo for them or just that time in their life, whatever it is that like kind of they think of as the time they had the quote unquote perfect body. So many people were like, even though I was depressed at mm. that time, even though I was going through extreme anxiety, even though I was I had an eating disorder, like there were all these people were saying so many different things, like even though I know I was less healthy then than I am now, I still sometimes go back and wish that I had that body then. And that's so powerful to really think about. And I hope that a lot of people who were able to write that out were able to kind of have some healing from that process. Because when you say it out loud, when you <laughs> write it down, you're like, why am I striving for that? Why am I trying to get myself to an unhealthy place? Because I think that society might like me better or I might feel more comfortable in my skin. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And this is why we try to put out a lot of content about like fitness doesn't have a look and prioritizing your health over fitness. Just like these sorts of concepts to try to reiterate what is actually and truly important. But we also recognize that just a couple of podcasts aren't going to suddenly and miraculously change your mindset because a lot of this is so deep rooted from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and just so many thoughts have compiled over the years about this topic. Yeah, I know. And that's why like we I always think back to when we talked to Sohi about like repeating your message over and over. And it's something we used to be afraid of because we didn't want to bore people. But it's <laughs> like the like it's it's not going to take one conversation or one post or one podcast episode to completely deprogram mm. all of these thoughts that you've had for years or centuries. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, centuries? Decades. <laughs> decades. <and> decades. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe some of you are 200 years old. I don't know. Um, decades. This is a problem I have with numbers <laughs> that dates back to the first time Jason and I did taxes. What a tangent. But I have to tell the story now because it's on the top of my head. The first time we had our taxes done together because we owned the business, we were like figuring out. It was so confusing because we were like, now we have personal taxes and we have business taxes. And we went to our tax person, um, <laughs> our accountant. <laughs> and he was like, okay, so I have to tell you like based on we were like a little bit off with our quarterly payments. And based on that, I'm going to say it wrong again, but you're you're going to both owe, I don't know what he said, $1,500 or something like that. Probably like $1,500. Yeah, yeah. And I started crying. <laughs> and I look over at Lauren. <laughs> I'm so perplexed. I'm like, Lauren's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, we'll just save a little bit and we got this. So we leave the office and I'm like still crying. I'm like, what are we going to do? And Jason's like, it's it's a, just a little over $1,000. And I was like, no, it's $15,000. <laughs> And he was like, it's $1,500. And I was like, my mind was blown. I And ever since then, I always either add zeros or take away zeros and do things like make things so extremely wrong, like saying centuries instead of decades. It's basically the same thing. Even when it's not a number, it's a word. I still get it wrong. It was like, I saw you in real time transition from tears of sadness to tears of laughter. It was so funny. So anyway, wow, what a tangent, but just one of those quirks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now going back to that photo, I distinctly remember that period. Um, we were very close friends, freshman year of college, and you just had a lot of anxiety, panic, pressure around the way you looked, around health and fitness, around working out. There was a lot of like, not just like a sense of urgency, 
but just just panic around the whole situation. Yeah. And I think one of the big things for me going into college was that all throughout high school, like middle school, high school, my identity was a gymnast. It was somebody who was athletic, who was strong. Like I, I it was it wasn't just about being skinny. That was definitely a part of it. But when someone looked at me, I felt like they knew that I was athletic. Mm. They knew that I worked out. They knew all these things about me. And when I got to college and I put on weight, I didn't feel like people knew that about me anymore. So I did feel like I was having this like identity crisis. And this is because fitness has a look went in society's eyes, right? And like, that's what we're, part of what we're trying to change. But because of that, I always felt like they're not going to know, like nobody who, and I'm meeting new people, right? So I'm like trying to prove to people in an extreme way that I'm fit. So I'm like Mm. having to show that I go to the gym for two hours and I only eat salad and like all these (laughs) things that like weren't true or well, the gym for two hours was true, but (laughs) I didn't only eat salad, but I was like feeling the need to explain myself about why my body looked the way it did when Mm. it really I didn't need to explain anything (laughs) yeah and I feel like I feel like all of our close friends had an understanding of what you were doing on a physical and nutritional level like on any given day like we (laughs) knew that you were going to the gym to do the flashcards on the stairmaster and like you, you you just you, you were constantly telling us about this sort of stuff yeah yeah it felt like that was my defense mechanism for like making sure that people weren't judging me about my body basically yeah, and like me like me and my like dumb guy friends are just like oh cool like you like to work out great <laughs> like, didn't realize that there was like a deeper meaning to all of this right of course not yeah but really that was kind of just the like surface level stuff but there was a lot of really dark and deep rooted stuff that was going on inside my head and inside my thoughts and and in my actions really and so just kind of to walk our listeners through where this like mindset sort of took me I think I hope will be helpful in if you've never gone through this in avoiding going through this sort of cycle and if you're going through it now kind of just recognizing it potentially in yourself is that because I became so hyper focused on returning to this what I thought my body was supposed to look like not only was I constantly berating myself whenever I looked in the mirror like every morning when I woke up the first thing I did was pull my shirt up and look in the mirror and like to me now that almost seems so ridiculous because I can't imagine doing that now but it was so normal then that I didn't think it was even a a thing like Mm -hmm. I thought I assumed everybody did this go in front of the mirror pull up my shirt and literally just start berating myself literally immediately first thing I would do every single morning is check in on my body as if it was going to be somehow different from yesterday, mm. which of course it's not. <laughs> and then go through this whole just negative thought spiral for the the entire morning. And that what a way to start your day, yeah. right? <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you check yourself in the morning. You basically confirm your preconceived notion about yourself. Mm. And then how can you possibly expect to like the clothes you're about to put on and wear and just like sets the tone for the rest of the day, I imagine. Exactly, exactly. Because then it would go into trying on 10 different outfits, hating everything that, hating how everything looked. Like my room was a mess of clothes because I was just throwing stuff off and trying something new and then settling on like something baggy. And then, of course, my next step was try to eat as little as possible. Yeah. Because my goal was 
to be skinnier. And so, of course, the only thing I knew was eat less and that's the way you're going to be able to get skinnier. And like, so I would go, you know, I would skip breakfast and then I would go all the way to lunch and I would be starving, but I would try to like eat a salad and just try to load it up with vegetables and try to make sure that I wasn't eating anything with any calories. Like just the whole focus was on as few calories as possible. I had no concept of how foods were actually like interacting with my body or like helping me to move through the day or like have energy, anything like that. It was all about just as few calories as possible. And by the time I would get to the afternoon, evening, I would be so hungry that I would I would either go somewhere alone and either pick up like, an, you know, a bunch of snacks, things that were filling because I was so hungry, or I would get to a point where like late at night we were drinking and I was less inhibited right and i would eat pizza and i would eat soda and like calzones oh my god and i would overindulge in them because i was feeling completely out of control because Mm. i had been restricting myself throughout the entire day so it just led to and then of course (laughs) that leads to waking up the next morning feeling incredibly ashamed of Mm. what i ate and what i did in the last couple hours of the day lifting up my shirt again and starting the whole process like Mm -hmm. literally day after day after day of this exact same cycle yeah and i feel like there were maybe it wasn't quite as intense but it definitely still did sort of trickle in into post-college life as well right yeah absolutely i mean it it went i would say actually i remember (laughs) because all of this was so like it's weird i i feel like i have these like very specific memories of shifts with body image and one of them is a story that we told yes uh last week on ethan's podcast but i want to bring it up again but before that there was this distinct moment that i remember and i actually think i might have told this story on the podcast before but my roommate at the time she i just remember one time she said she forgot to eat lunch and i said to her like oh my god i like i wish i could forget to eat lunch like that's not something that could ever happen and i was like don't you like are you not thinking about food all day like is that not something that like when i'm at my place of work i'm literally thinking i'm looking at my watch all the time being like when am i going to be able to eat what am i going to eat panicking about what i'm going to eat making sure it's not too many calories but making sure i'm full enough like all these things and she was like no i just don't really think about it that much i just eat when i'm hungry Hmm. (laughs) and that was revolutionary to me i mean it sounds insane that that could be something that was so like really paradigm shifting for me that she said, I just eat when I'm hungry. And I really, I'll never forget that moment. I know where we were standing. I know everything about that moment because it made me realize that there are people who truly just use hunger cues as a method for (laughs) when they eat and what they eat. And I was like, okay, that's somewhere I want to be. And I don't think it wasn't like the next day I woke up and I was just an intuitive eater. Like that was definitely not the the shift or that time. But it did have it did give me a huge perspective shift in the fact that I could potentially get there. There are people out there who are living that way and who don't let food completely consume every moment of their life. Because for me at that time, every single moment was thinking about not eating, mm. which made me think about eating. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because every moment was, I feel a little hungry. I can't eat yet. I, I already ate X, Y, and Z. And if I want to hit this many calories, I can't eat until three o'clock or whatever it was. It, every moment was about how much can I restrict myself? How long can I go without eating? Yeah. And during that time, you were like in the thick of little diets like Whole30 mm-hmm. and intermittent fasting where you'd skip breakfast and like all sorts of different things. And I do remember like, 
yeah, it was like your whole, all of your mental energy was wrapped around what food you were going to be intaking that day. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I remember you telling me about that conversation and it really just kind of took a little bit of pressure off of what you were thinking about so constantly yeah. about food. Yeah, definitely. But like we intro this whole episode with like that one moment wasn't the moment, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just a piece of that kind of healing process. But it does take a lot of these different light bulb moments, these different conversations to really get you to a healthier place. And then for for me, the biggest one was having a conversation with you. So we talked about this last week. So if you haven't heard last week's episode with Ethan, go ahead and listen to that. But basically, I was able to finally, when I felt myself get so out of control, specifically with restricting and binging pattern of like not eating in front of anyone. Like I was so afraid to eat in front of anyone, including Jason, who I literally was dating and living with. (laughs) I would wait until he would either go play video games with our other roommate (laughs) or go to bed. And then I would eat in secret in like a closet. Like I'm not even joking. Like that's how serious it got of feeling so out of control that I was binging on everything I could find. Chocolate morsels, like things that we would use for baking, cereal, chips, like whatever I could find. It was all just like I needed it. And I I felt like completely out of control and couldn't stop myself. And I, I remember just saying like, I just need to talk to Jason about this or else I don't know what I'm going to like, how far this is going to go, like what's going to happen. Like it was just, it became so overwhelming to me to think about doing this forever. I think maybe that was a part of it too. It was like, mm-hmm. I knew we were going to be together for a long time, if not forever. And so how was I going to manage this forever? Mm-hmm. Like what if when we move in just to the two of us <laughs> and we're, we're married and we have kids, like am I still going to be going downstairs when everybody's asleep and binging on chocolate or mm-hmm. am I going to like address this? So I actually talk to you. And I remember the conversation. I don't know if you do. I don't really remember that it makes as sense. vividly as you do. For yeah, sure. that makes sense to me because for me, it was the one of the biggest moments of our relationship at that, <laughs> that point, or at least <laughs> in terms of like my honesty with you, because mm-hmm. you're, you've always just been a very honest person with me. Like I can't remember of a time where you didn't just say whatever was on your mind, <laughs> which to me was not the case for me. Like I was hiding a lot of things. I felt like not, nothing serious, but hiding my eating, hiding my thoughts about myself. Like you were just honest about anything, whether it was something you were struggling with or something that you were happy about, whatever, you were just honest. So for me, I think this was like a, a completely relationship, potentially relationship changing, like life shifting moment where I basically said to you, like, I'm, I'm eating like these things in secret and I don't really know what to do, but I'm like trying to restrict my calories so much that I think I'm getting really, really hungry. And then at the end of the day, I feel like I have to eat all these foods and I'm eating your Doritos and I'm eating Heather's (laughs) snacks and all this stuff. And your response was literally just like completely neutral. And like, that was not a big deal. And that was, that was, I don't even know how to explain the relief that that brought me that you were just not emotionally like reacting in any way. Yeah, I feel like I vaguely remember having this conversation, but it was just like, like, okay, like, I'm like, why? You don't even have to eat it in secret. Like, (laughs) you can eat in front of me. Yeah, I think, but it was definitely the sort of like non-emotional response, non like 
not even caring type of response where you're like, oh, like. Like, I thought I was dropping this bomb. Mm. And that you were going to think so differently of me. Like, for, I guess to me, it was like, and this is what kind of Ethan said too. He was like, it was like I was hiding a secret that I was 500 pounds. Like, my wife could see that I was 500 pounds, you know? Like, if, <laughs> but it did feel like that. Like, I was dropping this massive, like, piece of information that you didn't know about me and it was going to change your entire perspective of me. And you were just like, oh, okay, like, I mean, that, that's like, fine. Let's like, talk it out. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. And like, what do you, what do you want to change? Like, you kind of like let me, be the one to say the things and you were just there to listen really yeah and i feel like it's probably because bin binging goes hand in hand with shame and you probably expected maybe i would say something that would induce more shame like even unintentionally would induce more shame and the fact that it was completely neutral almost helped to relieve some of the shame off your plate a little bit yeah right exactly it made me feel like okay what you're doing isn't that bad like Jason didn't just break up with me all of a sudden because I told him I eat chocolate sometimes at night. Yeah. And now the the next day, literally, or I mean that day was, I guess, the night before that day was the last time I ever binged in secret or ever ate in secret. I mean, I can't remember. Sometimes I even think about it at night now when I I always have a piece of chocolate before bed. And I go into the closet and some, because that's where the chocolate is. The pantry. And, I mean, the pantry. <laughs> the <closet. laughs> I, walk, I never do it, but there's a huge stash I in my closet. I walk myself right into my chocolate stash in my closet. Um, I go into the pantry. I grab a piece of chocolate. And I have like the idea to eat it in there just because it's convenient. But I like make it a point to walk out and make sure that you see that I've eaten a piece of chocolate. Oh, and I know you don't know that. But I'm just like, I never want to get to the point where I'm hiding anything about what i'm eating because i know that leads me to unhealthy habits and and so i like not that i think that i would go back to any sort of extreme at this point but i just still know that about myself is that now i've made it i've like made this agreement with myself that i don't eat in secret anymore i eat in front of you i eat in front of people because that brings so much less shame around it because then and i'll say do you want a piece and you it used to be like it's evolved so much because it used to be if i said do you want a piece and you said no I would go into, oh, I shouldn't have one either. He's not eating one. Maybe he thinks I shouldn't be eating one. When literally you're just like, I'm not in the mood, yeah. <laughs> right? But I I would go through phases of that being like, are you? do you feel like I shouldn't eat some chocolate? And we've talked all of this out. And I think what it all comes down to is a supportive partner who is going to tell you over and over again, I don't care what you're eating. This doesn't impact me. You are in control of your body. If you want a piece of chocolate, you should absolutely have one. If you don't want one, don't have one. I'm not telling you what's the right or wrong thing to do, how to do it. But the, just the ability to have the conversation and to say to for you to recognize in me when I am spiraling and when I ask you if you want a piece and then I go put my piece away for you to say, I didn't say anything about you having any chocolate. You know, like not allowing me to slip back into those old habits, I think, is what has helped get us get me to where I am. As soon as you said that you make it a point to go back outside the pantry to eat it, it really I was going to say exactly what you just said of we would have these conversations where now you'll ask me openly whether or not I want a piece of chocolate. So that was like step number one. And then the next layer of that was if I said no, 
then oftentimes you wouldn't either. You're right. like, uh, actually, I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and like, we'd go through this whole thing now. But now, 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 there's like three levels where, like, yeah, you'll bring it outside. You'll ask me if I want one too, and then even if I say no, you'll have it. And those yeah. are like, it seems small, but they're actually big deals, which I didn't even think about until just now. They're huge deals, yeah. and yeah, I think that they've become subconscious like actions, but mm-hmm. they're they were built off of very intentional actions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but also just to move backwards for a minute, because we actually started this episode with the whole picture thing. One of the earliest ways that we had one of these conversations was about the picture, because I showed you that picture. And this was way before I had the conversation with my roommate about how she only eats when she's hungry, (laughs) way before I had the conversation with you about that I binge in secret. I remember I showed you this picture and was like, it was like I was trying because there was no um, when we met was the first year of Facebook mm. or like the second year of Facebook. So there was no like way to see what for you to see what I looked like in high school. Mm. And I think that's why I showed you the picture because I wanted you to see that like I I was skinny. Yeah. Like I just like I, that's what I wanted to show you is like, like I'm not crazy for like thinking that my body's bad because like you would say things like why are you so concerned about your weight like you're you look great like you would always say like you look amazing and you'd be so positive about my body at the time but I was like you don't get it Mm. like I used to look so different and so I remember that of course I had that picture like saved on my phone because that was the one I always returned to so I remember showing you and being like no this is what I used to look like and I think you were expecting me to be like whoa you (laughs) This is incredible. This is this this is the perfect body. But instead, I was like, Lauren, you look like you're 12 in this picture." It's literally what you said. <laughs> um, and just the whole like not putting any value or stock into this picture that you put a ton of value and stock into, and and in, in, in contrast, assuring you of. What you look like right now is is perfect the way it is right now. Yeah. And I feel like the combination kind of like, again, kind of turned gears a little bit for you um, in the right direction. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the whole picture thing, like, I, it was actually funny because when we posted it, I didn't think that it would be that relatable. Like, yeah. I was like, this is my story of sort of like how I kind of went through all of this. But this is just my story. And like, maybe a couple of people will resonate. But I could not believe how many people specifically said, I have my picture too. Mm. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Like this is something we all do. This is like, and so many men, women, like, I mean, so many people and they would have different periods of their life that they would refer to. So, so many moms would say, I have my pictures before I had kids. So many um, women who have gone through menopause would say, I have pictures from before I went through menopause. Like it was just such a diverse like response or a diverse group of responses for all different times in their life where they felt like that's when they had the perfect body. So it wasn't that everybody was referring back to their high school picture. Yeah. But it was that everybody had this this like time in their life where they thought their body was better than it was now. But at the same time, so many people, like I said earlier, were talking about how that actually wasn't 
necessarily the healthiest that they've ever been Mm -hmm. or the fittest or the strongest or whatever. Like so many people were saying, even though I'm like so much stronger now and I eat so much healthier now and all these things, I still sometimes look back at those pictures with a little bit of jealousy or like with a little bit of nostalgia. Um, Yeah. And I think the, the whole, the fact that men were also responding to this was actually really eye-opening for me and also made me feel like, yeah, things are changing a little bit. Like standards are changing a little bit. The fact that these men were more vulnerable and transparent to share on a very public platform Mm. what their thoughts were in a really like deep way was really cool to see. And uh, it just like, it was... It, it was very interesting to see how widespread, like, the concept of the picture was. Yeah, totally. But I think the biggest, like, universal conclusion that a lot of people were coming to is, like, they were they were proud of the fact that they're doing things for their health now or they are focusing on they're being strong now and, like, they're nourishing their bodies now and, like, they're healthier now. So many people were, like, realizing that that's what they should be focusing on. And that was the whole point of the post in general was we can focus on those things. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't care at all about your health and your fitness and your wellness. Of course I'm not saying that, but it's about allowing yourself to let those things be important to you without looking backwards and comparing yourself to whether it's comparing yourself to yourself or comparing yourself to someone else. Whatever it is, the point is that's not your body right now. And like, let's just respect that and let's just honor that and be like, okay, that's that's either not my body or that's not my body now, but what can I do right now that's going to be the the best, going to give me the best results for my overall health, that's going to make me feel the best when it comes to just like my activities of daily living, like all of those things that are actually important. How can I make sure that I'm taking care of those things, not how can I make sure that I look a specific way. Yeah, and I think the reason why we want to share that post and share this podcast diving even a little bit deeper is just how significant and impactful it can be to just share these things out loud. Because when it's in your head and it's festering (laughs) over years and years and you've just been thinking about it negatively, it can feel scary to say it out loud But it's almost like when you say it out loud to someone like a close friend or a significant other or a partner or even like if you don't have anyone close enough like to journal it, like just put it your thoughts out there on paper or spoken word. It can feel like a huge weight is being lifted. Yeah. I mean, I was so it was so interesting to hear Ethan actually say that there's a similar practice in recovery for addicts. He was Mm. saying that, like, I forget the exact phrasing he used, but that basically it's like once you've said it out loud, essentially it has it loses its power over you. Mm. Um, And he was like, this applies to addicts. It applies to like really anything in life. Like once you say it out loud, it no longer for something that you've been keeping secret it no longer has power over you and that's exactly the feeling that i had was a sense of relief that this no longer like was this over like looming thing over my head that nobody else knew about it was just out there now and i I didn't have to hide it anymore and i didn't have to run away from it anymore yeah and i think if you are someone listening who might be the partner of somebody who is going to tell you something like this or if you're ever in the situation where you have someone come up to you and they have something to tell you that like feels very heavy for them. The, I mean, everyone is going to have a different like appreciation for a different type of response, but I will say that the less of a response and the more of just an affirming, 
loving reaction that doesn't say like, oh, wow, ooh, like, you know, like no really like as little reaction as possible, but just affirming that person that you still love them, like that this doesn't change anything about how you feel about them, how you view them, but that you're going to be there for them. That's really all you need to do. It doesn't have to be uh, like let them do the talking basically and just make sure that they know that this doesn't change anything that you feel about them. Mm. So thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> oh, an NP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one was definitely a little bit more personal, a little bit more just sharing my story. And again, like when we share stuff like this, we know that we're not psychologists, psychiatrists, like we don't, we're not trying to tell you exactly how you should overcome any sort of disordered patterns or anything like that. It really is just to share because sometimes just hearing that somebody else is either going through something similar or has gone through something similar can just help you feel less alone and help you feel like maybe there is hope for you to not feel that way anymore. So take everything we said as just a story, just an example of how somebody could get through uh, a difficult time. But yeah. I'm sure that everybody has their own journey and our hope is that we can just be changing the narrative around fitness as a whole so that people have less of this in their lives in general. Yeah. All right. With that being said, that concludes today's episode. We are so thankful for you to join us and we would love it if you leave us a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to. We've done a lot these days. We're very excited. So thank you so much to all of you who've lived who've written a review. And until next time, sweat out. Happiness in.